Hallelujah. God is good. Man, what a great message. Our founding pastor, our apostle, ministered to us last week about faithfulness. And, and, and him and I, just I believe the Lord is just ministering to him, both of our hearts to how important a life of faith is. We are a heritage of faith. We are a house of faith. We are a house of prayer. We are a place of glory, and we are a people of influence. We are heritage of faith. You know, I believe it was uh, earlier this week, a few days ago, actually, our, uh, our sister church in Australia, they were uh, one of uh, Lee Tester, he's uh, over our media, and Pastor Sean and Pastor Amy, as well as the founding pastors of that church as well, Ian and Diane Slack, they, they made a statement that just said, we are heritage. And, and I chimed in and, and I said, yes, we are. <laughs> we are. We are heritage. Because, because faith is not something that is just um, is is just for your own personal life. It's something that you live and model and release to the next generation. We're a heritage of faith. Faith isn't a mess; just a message. It's not a movement. It's not a fad. It's not a denomination. It is the way that you and I. It's the way that every believer was meant to live. The just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. And part of living by faith is, is, is what Dr. Savell dealt with last week. It's about resting in God's faithfulness. Say that. I'm going to rest in God's faithfulness. Go to Romans chapter 4. And hope your Bible's uh, handy and you have a notebook handy or a phone. And encourage you, I want you to Take notes, make notes of these scriptures. Go back and refer to scriptures. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 4. And I want you to see a, a key component of faith here. And there's so much in Romans chapter 4 that we could deal with. And we may come back here a little bit later. Just going to see how the, the teacher takes us this, this morning. The teacher is the Holy Spirit, He's our teacher. Hallelujah, and as your pastor, I, I want to, I just don't want to minister something that sounds good to you. I want something that's going to take us to another level. Romans chapter 4 in the Amplified in verse 16, I'm just going to key in this just for a moment. Thank you, Father. And the Amplified says, therefore, inheriting the promise, the what? The promise, inheriting the promise. So if I'm going to receive the promise, so is, are there promises that you want to receive? Are there things that you're standing on in faith? See, there's promises that you and I have as covenant believers. We have covenant rights. So if you're going to inherit the promise, are you ready for change in your life? Are you ready for breakthrough in your life? Are you ready to, to, to see supernatural increase like never before? Right? This is 2020, and God is opening a new door. Hallelujah. And we're going to see supernatural increase like never before. Do you, do you want to see that? I don't know about you. I want to see that in my life. I, I, but so it says inheriting the promise. So, so that supernatural increase is a promise that I am to hold to. It is a promise that I need to receive in my own life. So here it says, it says, therefore, 
inheriting the promise is the outcome of faith and depends entirely depends entirely on faith. So if I'm going to experience and receive this promise, how is it going to happen? By faith. It just says, if I want to inherit that promise is the outcome of faith. So the outcome is going to be what? Faith. And it depends. It depends. Depends. If you're depending upon something, it means it leans upon. You place all your weight behind it. Why? Because you depend upon it. It it depends entirely upon faith. So if you're going to see, if we're going to see supernatural increase like never before, it's going to be totally be hinged upon this aspect in this life of faith. Hallelujah. Depends entirely on faith in order that it might be given as an act of grace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Faith and grace. They say, well, you know, it's this grace movement. Everything's by grace. Well, you'll never tap into grace if you're not walking in faith because it's through faith. Hallelujah. By grace. So it's, 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 I tap into this grace by this faith. So, so we have to understand if I'm going to step into grace, what is grace? Grace is God's ability. It's God's power. It's God's enablement in my life to help me fulfill what God wants me to fill, to receive what God wants me to receive. And it depends entirely upon this faith. You know, go to Matthew chapter four, Matthew chapter nine. I'm sorry. Matthew chapter nine, Matthew chapter nine. As you're turning there, now, like I said, we, we live in a world where in the natural, man, there's, there's some just crazy stuff going on. You know, uh, Rick Renner has a book called World Gone Crazy, and it came out, I think, like, like nine months ago. What a, what a great time for that to come out. It's called World Gone Crazy. I encourage you to, to get that book. Um, but but it's, it's such a true statement of what's happening in our world. And, and Paul um, talked about a world gone crazy as well in, in 2 Timothy chapter 3. He says, in the last days, there will be perilous times, hard to deal with and hard to bear. Man, could you say that we're living in that time? I mean, I mean think about it. In the natural, it, it is so uncertain of what's going on. So, so I really want to encourage you, don't put all your chips in on, what, on what's happening in the world, right? We, we need to go all in with God right now. Go all in with his word. Why? Because the, the word, Paul tells us, he says, what? The just shall live by, the just shall, it says, the, we shall walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. See, if we walk by sight, you're going to be shaken. If you walk by what your current report is, the symptoms in your body, what your bank account looks like, I'm telling you, you are going to walk by, you are going to walk by sight. But it tells us that we as believers, we walk by faith and not by sight. What does that mean? I walk by a different perspective. I walk by a different sight. I walk by different vision. I walk by a different word. I walk by a different promise. I walk by a different covenant. I walk in a different kingdom. I walk by faith and not by sight. But if I walk by sight, my life is going to be shaken. I'm going to be discouraged. I'm going to be condemned. I'm going to be hopeless. But I'm telling you, that's why faith plays such an important role in our lives. 
Hallelujah. I'm going to encourage you, go back and listen to Wednesday's message. I talked about seeing and saying. And I talked about this spiritual perspective. See, it's uncertain out there. It's uncertain out there in the world. But I'm telling you, with, for the believer, for someone in the kingdom of God, hallelujah, we don't need to be shaken. We shouldn't be shaken. Why? Because we have a sure foundation. Hallelujah. Let's look here in Matthew chapter 9. Verse 27. It says, And when Jesus departed there, two blind men followed him, crying and saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on us. Read that again. And when Jesus departed then, two blind men followed him, crying and saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on us. And when he was come into the house... The blind men came to him, and Jesus said unto them, Believe you that I'm able to do this. They said unto him, Yea, Lord. Then touched he their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it unto you. And their eyes were open, and Jesus straightly charged them, saying, See that no man knoweth it. But they, when they were departed, spread abroad his fame in all the country. I'm telling you, when the power of God manifests, when miracles manifest, I'm telling you, you you cannot keep it quiet. Hallelujah. See, they, they showed up and they heard about this Jesus and they said, son of David, have mercy on us. And then Jesus asked them a question. He says, he, he says, Believe that I'm able to do this. Now, let's think. I want to to break this down, and I want to talk about this for a little bit. Believe that I am. Let's stop with I am for a moment. I am. You realize throughout Scripture, there's over 300 references to God saying I am. Believe that I am able to do this. Just in the, just in the book of uh, John, Jesus talked about I am the vine. He said, I am the bread of life. Revelation chapter uh, 19, uh, 22 verse 16, I believe he says, I am, I am the root of Jesse. What does that mean? I am, I am from the same lineage of David. Meaning, I am the Messiah. So, so we have this aspect of I am. So Jesus was saying, do you believe that I am? Now, you know, one of our, our, our faith scriptures that we all, always use is without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is, that he is, that he is. So really the response to Jesus saying, do you believe that I am? The response would be he is. See, if Jesus asked you, if someone asked you, is Jesus the I am? You would say he is. So without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is. So really, Jesus could be asking us the same question. Do you believe that I am able to do this? So in a life of faith, we have to answer, he is. And he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And you've heard me talk about this, that when we talk about he is, we're totally placing our trust, our faith, and dependence 
upon the ability of another. Him. Do you believe that I am able to do this? So when he's asking him that question, do you believe that I am faithful? He could be asking, do you believe that I'm a healer? Do you believe that I'm the one that came to come and make people free? You see, in that time, the, 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 the Jewish people, they, they, they were waiting for, longing for, hungering for the coming of the Messiah. So therefore, these blind men, they, they cried out, Son of David, have mercy on me. They, they were saying, Son of David, the Messiah, have mercy on me. Messiah, is your love and compassion available for me? Is it, is, it, is it extended towards me? Is it available to me? So when Jesus said, do you believe I'm able to do this? See, even though they may have been blind, yet they had knowledge of something. They knew the word. See, faith always begins at the word. Why? They knew the word. Why? Why would they even cry out, son of David, have mercy on me? Because their faith knew that the answer was always going to be the Messiah. See, they knew the word of God. They knew scriptures. They knew, they knew the Torah. They knew the, 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 the prophecies given by Isaiah. And they knew the prophecies that Isaiah would declare about the Messiah that would come. Maybe one of them was, was a, a prophecy that we can see in Isaiah chapter 35. And I want to read this to you in the message. Maybe this was something that was in their hearts when they cried out, Son of David, have mercy on me. I want you to write this scripture down and, and maybe, maybe it will go off on the inside of you. And maybe it will build faith on the inside of you. Starting in verse three in the message. It says, energize the limp hands. Strengthen the rubbery knees. Tell fearful souls. Hey, that means there's something that we should be telling people that are in fear. What are we to tell them? Courage, take heart. Hallelujah. You, you want to know, tell, tell someone in the world, your neighbor that's going through fear, tell them this, courage, take heart. What, what does he say? God is here. <laughs> right here. On his way to put things right and redress all wrongs. He's on his way and he'll save you. And what's the very next word they say? Blind eyes will be opened. Now think about this. This is a scripture about the Messiah coming. And yet they said, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus says, do you believe that I'm able to do this? I, be, I don't know for sure, but I believe somewhere in their heart, their, 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 their mind, they remembered something. Yes, this man's going to come. God's going to come. He's going to save us. He's here. He's on his way. He's here right now. He's going to save me. And, and what, what was he going to do? Open blind eyes. Deaf ears unstopped. Lame men and women will leap like a deer. Got the voiceless break into song. What does that mean, the voiceless? The depressed will break into song. I'm telling you, if you're depressed right now, it's time for you to break into a song. It's time for you to, it's time to lift your voice. It's time to lift your, it's time for you to stand up on your feet. It's time for you to rejoice in the Lord because I'm telling you, God is here. Jesus is here. And I'm telling you, he says here that he will give, the voices will break into song. 
springs of water were burst out into the wilderness. Streams will flow into the desert. See, streams aren't supposed to be found in deserts. Hallelujah. But I'm telling you, when the Messiah comes, God, he is on his way. He'll save you. But I'm so grateful on this, t- on this side of the cross that you and I, I'm telling you, we're not waiting for someone to come. We're not waiting for someday. We're, but I'm telling you, God has already came and he came in Jesus Christ. So therefore, blind eyes are to be opened. Deaf ears are to be unstopped. The lame are to walk and they're to leap like a, like a deer. The voiceless should be singing a song. Where there's wilderness, there should be waters flowing. Where there's desert, there should be streams flowing. Then he says, hot sands will become a cool oasis. Thirsty ground, a splashing fountain. Okay, even lowly jackals will have water to drink. And barren grasslands will flourish richly. That means even other people will get on what we know and what we have. Hallelujah. So, so as we think about this, we think about these blind men and Jesus asking this question. Do you believe that I'm able to do this? Believe ye that I'm able to do this? Able. Able. The word able here means capable. This word able means power. See, we have power in Christ Jesus. We've been given the Holy Spirit. We have power. So Jesus said, believe ye that I'm able to do this. Do you believe I'm able? Able, believe ye. Now, this word and phrase, believe ye. And then their their answer to that was, Yay, Lord. That word, yay, Lord, or that phrase, yay, Lord, isn't just like, mm-hmm, yeah. No, it's a matter of fact. It's pretty much an exclamation point, meaning you're the answer, period. That word, Lord, there means supreme authority. So when the, when the blind men said, yay, Lord, they're saying, you have all authority. Believe ye. Jesus, believe ye there means absolute trust. Trust means to put confidence. Trust means being to rely upon. And, and I talked about what does what being reliable mean. Reliable means your mind is able to rest on the integrity, the veracity, the justice, and the sound principles of another person. So Jesus was saying, believe you, you, can you rest your mind? Can you rest all that you are on my integrity, my veracity, my justice, my friendship, and my sound principles, and my power? And they said, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I want to ask you a question. Do you believe that he is able to open a new door? And bring about supernatural increase like never before. Power. 
Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 5. You see, faith ends at the point of a question. Let me make that statement again. Faith ends at the point of a question. What do I mean by that? God can. Versus can God? See, faith is God can. But then all of a sudden my faith ends when I say, can God? Can can God open it? Can God change my life? I've made so many mistakes. I've made so many bad choices. I'm... I've been labeled this. I, I have this mental torment. I have these things going on. And, and will, I ever, will it ever change? Will my life ever be better? See, and all of a sudden with those thoughts coming in, all of a sudden thoughts of the world shaking around us and, and are we going to get through this? Am I ever going to find another job? Is, am I going to be, is this going to happen? Will this never happen? Will this never take place? And, and, and all of a sudden, next thing you know, you, you, you get into a place of, of, back into a place of worry. You get into black, back, back in a place of torment. You get back into a place of, of being unsure and you get into a place of what I call reasoning. And tell you, the enemy wants us to reason. Because he wants to pull the word out of our hearts. He, that's, he's out for the word. Why? Because the word is what's going to build and bring faith in your life. Yeah. If I think about this, I think of even with Abraham. Thank you, Father. Back in Romans 4, without turning there, he, he made this statement in the Amplified. It says, in human reason... Hope being gone, he hoped in faith. Meaning, according to natural things, I don't have another leg to stand on. Because of the way it really looks in the natural, in human reason. If I go by human reasoning, Abraham's saying, I, I have no hope. But yet it said, yet he, in human reason, hope being gone, yet he hoped in God. Meaning even there was nothing else that he could trust in. There was no other, there was nothing else that he could trust in the natural. There was no other plan B or plan C or plan D to go by. He said there was still another hope. And I'm telling you, you and I as believers, hallelujah, we, 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 we are never without another option. It doesn't matter what the enemy throws at us. It doesn't matter what, what may go on. It doesn't matter what the next step might be. It doesn't matter what the next thing that might happen is. No, I'm going to stand upon the word of God. And I'm not going to allow human reason to keep me from stepping into the purpose and the promise that it has for me, that he has for me. What does it say? He said he didn't consider the impotence of his own body or the deadness of Sarah's womb. But it said he was fully persuaded. Now get this. That God was able and mighty to perform. So there's something Abraham had to let go. He had to let human reason go. And he had to totally rest in understanding God's ability in the situation. He was fully persuaded that whatever God had promised that he was mighty, that he was able, and he was mighty to bring it to pass. 
So you could ask Abraham the same thing. Abraham, do you believe that I am able to do this? And Abraham had to get beyond the human reason and saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hallelujah. You are able and mighty. I'm persuaded. I love the definition the Lord gave me for persuaded earlier this year. And what does persuaded mean? It means being filled and consumed with just one thought or idea. See, if you're, you're filled with human reason and what God could do, then you're not fully persuaded. But, but, but Abraham would say, I'm fully persuaded. I'm only filled with one thought. And that thought is what God said. He was mighty. He was able to bring it to pass. Thank you, Father. So let's look here in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. There comes a time when we have to kick our natural thinking to the curb. I'm telling you, my natural thinking has got me in more trouble, brought more delays in my life. My natural thinking of what people think about me my natural thinking about, about uh, uh, holding on in fear of not giving kept me back for so long. Let's look at this. Let's look at Paul's perception of the word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 1. In the Amplified, it says, As for myself, brethren, when I came to you, I would not come proclaiming to you the testimony and evidence or mystery and secrets of God concerning what he has done through Christ for the salvation of men in lofty words of eloquence of human philosophy or wisdom. So what does he say? When I came to you, I didn't come to you proclaiming uh, just what man says. I didn't come to you just speaking lofty words or eloquence of what man thinks or man's ideas. Verse 2 says, For I resolved to know nothing, to be acquainted with nothing, to make a display and knowledge of nothing, and to be conscious of nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Meaning, I didn't come to you preaching what I thought. I didn't come to you preaching my opinion. I didn't come to you th- preaching what Fox News or CNN is saying. I didn't preach to you in what, what everyone else is saying about a situation. I didn't, I didn't come preaching to you everything the CD, C, CDC is saying or this person or that agenda or, or what, what uh, who is saying. I, 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 I'm not, I didn't come preaching everything that they're saying. I didn't, I didn't come preaching what, what the Pharisees were speaking or what they were saying. <coughs> but I only did one thing. I preach nothing except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Verse 3 in the King James says, And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. In my speech, the word fear there isn't being scared of something. Meaning it was all in the opportunity that he had. It was in the fear that he had the ability to preach the gospel. He was overwhelmed by the call upon his life, not overcome by situations. Verse 4 says, And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstrations of the Spirit and of power. 
that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. He, I, I came to you. And you know, think Paul wasn't saying that he was a stutter and he couldn't speak. Paul was an eloquent speaker. He was schooled by the best. He could move you with his knowledge of the Torah. He could move you with concepts and ideas. That could make you sit back and say, oh, wow, isn't that a lot of wisdom? But he said, I didn't come with that. That's not why I came. I, I, didn't, want you to, I didn't want you to elevate me. I didn't want you to elevate the way I am. I didn't want you to elevate how good I could speak or how good I communicate. I didn't come with enticing words of man's wisdom. But in demonstration of spirit and power... That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but what your faith should stand in the power of God. Uh, hear me this morning, church, that our faith has to come to a place where we're not placing our faith in what man is saying right now. Or what our ideas or our opinions about things. But what our faith needs to be standing upon the power of God. What God can do. What he's able to do. How he can do things, how he can, how he can open doors, how he can heal bodies, how he can open blind eyes, how he can bring in the multitudes. That my faith isn't resting upon the wisdom of men, but my faith is established upon God's ability, the power of God. I don't want to educate you and school you with how good I might be able to communicate. As you come into a church, I don't want you to just be able to say, hey, oh, man, man, he, he's a good preacher. Or he's a good. No, I want you to stand, show up here and you say, hey, the power of God is here. As I'm watching in my living room, I'm watching in my car. The power of God is manifesting as the words that he's speaking are coming forth. I'm telling you, the world just doesn't need to hear our wisdom. They need to see the power of God. They don't need to hear how eloquent we can talk about things. They need to see and hear and experience the power of God. Go, go to 2 go to, uh, Timothy 3. Thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you, Father. 2 Timothy 3. And I read this earlier. I'm just going to key in this one verse. We talked about in the last days, there's perilous times, hard to deal with and hard to bear. And you can say, oh, yeah, it's hard out there. Whew. Man, church, it's just, man, it's, it's bad out there. It's, did you hear what they said? Oh, did you hear what President Trump said? Did you hear what they said about President Did you hear? Did you, did you hear? Oh, goodness. They may say this is going to come back in a second wave in the fall. Oh, I'm telling you, and it might be worse the next time. It's, I'm telling you, it's going to be bad. Oh, it's getting worse. Paul didn't bring this up so we could communicate and we can get in a corner and we can talk about how bad it is out there. Paul closes out this whole aspect in verse 5 of this, this concept. He says this in the, in the King James. He says, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such, turn away. 
The Amplified says, for although they hold a form of piety, true religion, meaning in these last days, in these perilous times, there's going to be a group of people. There's going to be, there's going to be a, a group of people that have a form of godliness, meaning they may look the part, they may say the right things, they may even have the right labels, they may either gather on a Sunday or a Saturday, they may be holding all these particular things, but it says they deny, reject, and are strangers to the power of it. Now get this, their conduct belies the genuineness of their profession. So in the last days, when there's perilous times, it tells us there's going to be people that will have a form of godliness, but yet they reject the power. I don't know about you, but as a pastor, as a church, this is a place where not only... Now, when I got born again, thank you, when I got born again, I experienced the power of God. And then, and I didn't know the form, (laughs) When I got born again and got healed in my body, I didn't know the form, but I knew the power. But there came a time in my life where I was more concerned about the form than I was about the power. And I think as believers, we need to be more cautious of settling. Just settling for what we've known or what we've experienced. And I believe we have to step back into this place where we talk about, experience, testify to the power of God. In perilous times, we need to be a a people that understand the power, that know the power, and release the power. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Not just enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration and in power. That our faith would not stand in the wisdom of men, but our faith would stand where? In the power of God. Go to Hebrews 6. Thank you, Father. Hebrews 6. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Form doesn't change anything. Power changes everything. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus provided the Holy Spirit for the church. So it wouldn't just be a form. Let me say that again. Jesus provided the Holy Spirit to the church so it wouldn't remain just another form of religion. But he provided the Holy Spirit, someone just like himself, to bring about and manifest change in the earth. Thank you, Father. For the sake of time, let's look at verse, Hebrews 6, verse 3. And this will we do if God permit. He's talking about different foundations that we should know already. 
about laying on of hands, about faith towards God, repentance, doctrines of baptisms, the resurrection, eternal judgment. And he says, and this he will do if God permit, verse 4, for it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost. Have you tasted of the heavenly gift? Have you experienced the heavenly gift? What's the heavenly gift, Jesus? Woo. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, have you tasted? Have you tasted of the heavenly gift in your life? Have you experienced that heavenly gift? And, so it's talking about tasting something else. And, were you made partakers of the Holy Ghost? Woo. Experience the Holy Ghost. Have you experienced Jesus and have you experienced the Holy Ghost? Woo, have you tasted it? It's five Have you tasted it? Have you received it into your heart and your life? I'm telling you, if you haven't, I'm telling you, your life will always be limited. And then he says this, and, so there's another and, there's something else to taste. And tasted the good word of God. Woo, have you tasted of the good word of God? Now, now, this has to do with this word, but it really takes a step beyond that. If you look this phrase up in the Greek and what's being communicated here, have you received the better promise? Hallelujah. He's talking about covenant here. Hallelujah. The better promises. Hallelujah. Have you, uh, hallelujah, that the better covenant established upon better promises. Ha, ha, see, that's what he's talking. Have you tasted the good word of God? Have you experienced this, this new covenant? Have you received everything that Jesus made available at the cross? Have you received the inheritance that's in that? Have you tasted it? Have you known it? So here he's saying, this is what we need to press into as believers. Have you tasted, experienced the heavenly gift? Have you tasted and been partakers of the Holy Ghost? Have you tasted of the good word of God? Now get this. And the powers of the world to come. Now wait a minute. The, the, the powers of the world to come? Now see, a lot of times we say, well, one day in heaven, oh, we're going to, Man, those powers there. Well, why would he write that here then? Right. To, ta- to experience the power of the world to come. You know what that I believe that is? That is heaven on earth. I'm telling you, as the church, the church, it's time for us to, to taste, yes, the heavenly gift, gift test, taste, yes, the Holy Spirit. Yes, taste that, that, that good word of God. And yes, to experience the glory of God on a measure that we've never experienced before. Hallelujah. 2020. God is opening a new door and bringing about, hallelujah, supernatural increase like never before. Do you believe? 
This is God speaking to you right now. Do you believe that I am able to do this? Say, yes, Lord. Remember, yes. When they said, yay, Lord, they were saying, they were pretty much saying, you are supreme authority. Meaning, I believe it. I believe it. It's like taking a gavel, slamming it on the table and saying, I judge that God is faithful. Do you believe that I'm able to do this? I don't know where you might be today or what you might be facing or what might be going on in your life today. But he's asking you that same question. Do you believe that I'm able to do this? Yeah, I'm reminded a couple of years ago, the Lord gave, gave a, spoke something to my heart about God and the heart of God. Some of you may remember this. And I talked about that, that leper, a man full of leprosy that came to Jesus. And he came to Jesus and he, he, he's like, Jesus, master, rabbi. He goes, I, I know you're able. I know you have power. I, I know you are able to heal me, but will you? And what did Jesus say? He said, I will. I will. When Jesus said, I will, he made a matter of fact statement. The word will, the word will there speaks of desire and it speaks of compassion. When you say, I will do this, what are you saying? I make a decision that this is my desire. This is my pleasure to do that thing. So when God told that man full of leprosy and he said, I will, Jesus was saying, it's my pleasure. Jesus was saying, it's what I like to do. Do you believe that God is able to do this? Hallelujah. Say yes, Lord, this morning. Because when you say yes, Lord, this morning, what are you saying? It's what he likes to do. It's what he likes to do. Hallelujah. Let me close with this verse. Thank you, Father. Isaiah 28. And I read this part of this chapter earlier when I talked about a sure foundation. Isaiah 28. But I want us to read the last verse. Isaiah 28, verse 29. Thank you, Father. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. He is able. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Oh, yes, that our faith would be established, not in wisdom of men, but our faith would be established in the power of God. Our faith would be established in the word of God. Hallelujah. Read this in the King James first, verse 29. This also cometh from the Lord of hosts. Who? The Lord of hosts. Who's speaking this? The Lord of hosts. Who's the Lord of hosts? It's Jehovah, the one that is the supreme authority over all the angels of heaven. This also comes from the Lord of hosts, which, now it's telling us this Lord of hosts, what does he do? What does he have? He's wonderful in counsel, and he's excellent in working. He is wonderful in counsel, 
and he's excellent in working. What does counsel represent? It represents his word. It represents his direction. Hallelujah. Amplified says, this also comes from the Lord of hosts, who is wonderful in counsel, counsel and excellent in wisdom and effectual working. Effectual working. Hallelujah. Excellent in working. Excellent in working. This, this scripture here is referring to God's word and God's ability. God's word and God's ability. What do we place our faith upon? God's word and God's ability. Where's our faith? Hallelujah. It's in the word of God. Hallelujah. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Hallelujah. So here he says, this cometh from the Lord of hosts, who is wonderful in counsel and excellent in working. Excellent in working. Woo. Hallelujah. Excellent in work. I'm telling you, if something is excellent, meaning there's no defects in it. Hallelujah. Do you believe that he is able to do this? Yes, Lord. Do you believe that he's able to open a door? Supernatural increase like never before? Yes, Lord. Do you believe that he has the ability to set you free? Yes, Lord. Do you believe that he has the ability... To change your life? Yes, Lord. Father, we thank you for your word today. Oh, Father, I thank you for your ability. I thank you that today, Lord, that we rest in, that, that, that our faith is not established upon, uh, upon man's wisdom. Our faith isn't established upon man's wisdom, but our faith is established upon your counsel because your counsel is excellent. Our faith is established upon your power. Why? Because you are excellent in working. And I thank you that you are working right now. You're working in them. You're working through them. Father, I thank you that blind eyes are open. I thank you that deaf ears are open. I thank you that those that can't breathe right now, I thank you that their lungs are opened up. I thank you, Father, where there's discouragement. I thank you the peace of God is flooding in. Hallelujah, because we say yes, Lord, to you today. We say yes, Lord, to you today. We thank you for today. In Jesus' name, Amen. Give him a shout of praise today. Hallelujah.